and welcome to Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information around the Washington National Guard. I'm Sarah Morris, and on today's episode, Joe and I sit down with Staff Sergeant Marquise Wadley, the Washington Army National Guard Retention NCOIC, and Specialist Stephanie Tyler, the 56th TIOG Retention Personnel. In this episode, we highlight some of the ways we can improve retention of soldiers across the board and discuss the major problems that the retention office has seen in the past. This conversation tries to be an honest and open communication of ways that we can improve as leaders in the Washington National Guard in order to maintain a high retention rate. And we feel this is an important conversation to have. Enjoy. Be sure to follow us on social media. Stay up to date on all the cool events, stories, photos, and videos happening around the Washington National Guard. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hi, send us a DM, PM, tweet at us, whatever, and we'll answer you. We also love to share and collaborate. Send us the photos or videos you take at Drill or AT, and we'll tag you. Are you an active Instagrammer? Well, you might be a perfect candidate to take over our account. Send us a message, and we'll set something up. To find us, do a search for WA National Guard. That's WA National Guard, and look for the blue check mark. Bigfoot country is earthquake country. If an earthquake were to happen right now, what would you do? When you feel the ground shaking, drop, cover, and hold on. Do not run or you may be injured by things falling. Remember, if you are near the ocean, the ground shaking is your warning that a tsunami may be coming. After the shaking stops, move to high ground and stay there. Make sure to listen to local emergency officials. Have enough supplies to be self-sufficient for two weeks after a disaster. For more information about earthquakes in Washington, visit mill.wa.gov preparedness. All right, so today we are going to talk about retention. Retention. Joe is here. Hello. And also two folks from Retention and Recruiting Brigade. Yep. Italian Brigade. Italian. 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 I just upgraded them. <laughs> So uh, my name is uh, Staff Sergeant Marquise Watley, and I uh, work for RRB, and I am the Washington State Retention NCOIC for the state. Okay. My name is Specialist Tyler. I'm here with RRB, and I assist Sergeant Wadley with retention. All right. So when did you join the Guard? Um, I had about an eight-year break between active duty and then coming back into the Guard. Um, I actually came back in the Guard off of a crazy, crazy pampered chef party where my wife got invited, and okay. it just happened to be um, Captain Wade's husband, um, First Sergeant Wade, and he was like, hey, you know, you ever thought about joining the Guard again? And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of thought about it. And a week later, I was down in the Lacey <laughs> recruiting office signing paperwork to come back in the Guard. Okay, and what year he, was that? Oh, and uh, he also bought a bunch of Pampered Chef items that day, too. <laughs> I did. <laughs> that I did. Uh, it was uh, August of 2012. Okay. Yeah. So I've been back in the Guard now seven years, and I've enjoyed it a lot, made a lot of friends, and Met a lot of people, a lot of people. How long have you been doing retention? Uh, I did retention when I first came back in until 2016, and then I left and got an AGR job, and then I got brought back to retention June 1st of this year and have been with RRB ever since. Must be good at it then. 
I don't know if I'm good at it or <laughs> if I'm just crazy or because I'm such a big guy that right. I intimidate people to feel like they need to extend. But for the most part, I enjoy it. Um, I meet a lot of different people, a lot of different personalities. Right. Um, it goes on and on. The list is forever growing about some of the crazy stuff that we run into when talking to soldiers about I'm extending sure. and retaining them and, you know, 90% of them hate the guard, but then I'll say out of the 90%, probably 80% still end up extending. So we just have to find that, that thing that catches everybody, and it's different for everybody. Right. What about you? Yeah, so I enlisted when I was a junior in high school, um, September 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little over five years in. Um, What's your <laughs> M-Day job? Uh, so M Day, I am a '92 Yankee over okay. with three four one, yeah. with Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I, so <laughs> <laughs> here's the funny thing about it. Um, I met Tyler. Um, she was over at aviation. She had worked at RRB. Um, she come over to our unit and she was in my supply room and she had the personality to be able to talk to people. Right. Uh, this job is a lot, has a lot to do with the ability to be able to talk to people. So listening to her one day and when RB came and was like, Hey, would you be interested in coming back? I said, yes. And I was like, Hey, can I bring somebody with me? Right. Because I was inheriting a team, but I needed somebody else that I could feel like I could trust and have my back as well. Right. And I wanted somebody that I was familiar with and she just happened to be that person. And we've laughed and joked our way to where we are right now, which is funny because as nervous as she is right now, right. she's not like that. When you get the North, she's actually pretty, pretty, uh, arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, uh, she, she comes off as very shy and innocent, but I mean, it's about opening up. And right. so hopefully as we go along in this interview, you guys will get to see some of the silliness and the personality that I get to see every day in my office, oh. whether it's wanted or not wanted. Yeah, a lot of it is you <laughs> yeah. put a microphone in somebody and I they're, know, they get they completely so like, Ooh, I don't know what to say anymore. I so. know. Yeah. There's no camera though. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anything to add to that? You I don't like, have any. No. no. Nothing. Okay. Yeah, she'll she'll find her robot. voice later. She's going to be a robot for uh, at least another five, 10 minutes until she can get out of that <laughs> shell. It's fine. So, um, retention is always a hot topic. So, what are some of the, the retention issues that you've run into? Like, your maybe like the, the biggest ones? Um, a lot of the problems are the market outside is booming right now. Mm-hmm. So soldiers that came in six years ago are not staying in for the same reason that they're in now. Um, they have a great job on the outside, and this is no longer one weekend a month and two weeks out of the year. Now it's anywhere from four to five days as a drill and three-week AT. So it makes it hard. It, it's very challenging when you have your, for example, your I.O. group. Right. Where everybody has these nice high paying jobs. Really nice jobs. Yep. And then they just want to come in and do the Army thing a couple days a month and a couple weeks out of the year. Uh, The hardest challenge is 
they lose so much money coming to drill that right. it's like, hey, I don't want to, you know, do this anymore because I'm losing like $1,100 this whole weekend that I could have been at work or working on a project. So that's one of the issues that we have. The next major issue is uh, APFT and height and weight. And right. that's like that in a lot of states as well, you know. Um, I would say across the reserve component. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, then it's different because there are all the people that want to stay in. Right. And, you know, then it's like, oh, hey, we got to ask your commander if he's willing to give you another waiver. Well, I've had three. Right. Okay, well, that makes it a little challenging. But um, most times the commanders are really good. Um, I would like to say I have a pretty good rapport with most of the commanders that I come across. Um and they are all about making sure that Joe is able to stay if Joe really wants to stay. So it works out to be really good. And other than that, that's really it. I mean, you know, you get your disgruntled soldier who we can't save. Right. I mean, we don't save them all. We get some that they just had had a bad taste. And for me, you know, when I'm talking to anybody, I try to tell them all, like, you got to find that one person that makes you comfortable within the, the unit or within you know the battalion or whatnot and try to model after that person so that you can have a good time and enjoy your time in the military um for me you know this job is like the best of both worlds right. i get to see people at their absolute best and then i get to see people when it becomes personal and i actually have to help them and right. i think that's the greatest part of the job for me is that at the end of the day, I feel like I've accomplished that if I'm able to get somebody who was dead set on getting out to stay, and it, it makes for a it makes for a, foot, a feel good day. At the end of the day, I feel really happy about it. I'm sure. Yeah. So I would. Uh, I, I kind of want to ask you this question because from a having been a company commander, retention always kind of seems to fall to the company commanders as the first line of effort, and I've I've always kind of lived on the retention doesn't start at year five month 11 uh retention starts at day one when you bring that soldier in and you in process them into the guard you can process them into a unit and then it it all starts right there um so what are some things from your guys standpoint that company commanders could be doing today to help assist with retaining soldiers I mean, because by the time they get to you, you're you're kind of the last line of defense in a way. For sure. Um, they've they've gone through that first initial contract, and you're probably seeing when they have what three to four months left on their current contracts. Pretty much. That you're you're really the last <laughs> line of defense, and how do how do you get that to stop? Where when they op- when that window opens at the five year mark and a day, they're signing that paperwork before they even get to you guys. What can assist you guys? You want to answer that? Um, yeah. So from what I see is a lot of units now, um, they don't follow along with their sponsorship program. And so as far as that goes, uh, a new soldier could get into the unit and then you kind of just say, here you go, leave them on their own. You don't follow up with them the whole five years, six years they're in for. And then that soldier just kind of becomes lost in the system and, not one person will speak to them until like the end of their uh, contract to see, hey, do you want to extend? And um, I've seen or I've heard where soldiers will get out because nobody cared. So communication 
leaving them bag. alone to sort of figure it out in the unit. Yeah, she she hit on it. Um, it really is sponsorship. I mean, I remember coming back into the guard and being that guy that stood in the back of the formation and going home because nobody knew what I was supposed to be doing right. or where who I was going to or what platoon. And so, you know, nobody said anything. I asked around. They were like, oh, well, hey, we got this going. And, hey, we got that going. Go over there. Go and sit over there. So I sat there until about one thirty, two o'clock, went around. Nobody was able to help me, so I went home. You know, um, sponsorship is a big thing. It's the thing that – Soldiers look forward to, there's nothing like showing up at that first drill and not knowing anyone. And then, you know, kind of getting in with the, you know, we can say it, the E4 mafia that <laughs> that just hates the guard. You right. know, like, oh, the guard screwed my whole life over Sergeant Wadley. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, then what did you do to kind of help it from you know, prevent it from happening? And then they're like, well, you know, I had this guy. He never really took care of me. Well, okay, we got to kind of take care of ourselves too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you're right. When it gets to that three or four month mark, we literally are like scratching our head, like, okay, what's the best way to approach this person? And like I said, every case is different. Every case is unique. But most of the time, if I get anybody in the chair, anybody that sat down with me, will tell you like, they don't like to sit down with me. They call me a closer for a reason. (laughs) If I can get there and find out what the problem is nine times out of 10, um, I'm going to get the person to its stand. And then I have those cases where I can't get a person. Like I've tried to reach them on every level. Um, and it's just not that thing. And, and that's okay. You know, and I, I think that, you know, we put so much harp on the commanders. I think it starts at the first line supervisor yeah, and squad the platoon leaders, yep. team leaders. Yep. Because that person is gonna make Joe either love it or right. hate it. And um for me, you know, I've been fortunate enough to have good squad leaders that I've been able to take things from. And I've also have my own quirky style where I'm loud and sometimes obnoxious and rub people the wrong way and but it's who I am you know right. I'm I'm not everybody's cup of tea but I'm my own cup of tea so I have fun with it and I love to laugh so anybody that's around me will know oh there's the jokester yeah I'm the guy normally in the back of the town hall meeting like making jokes right. you know <laughs> like okay who got these donuts and why did they only get this kind of donut like can we go somewhere else but you know um you know I the biggest thing in the guard is enjoying it and having fun you know i talked to a soldier that was like hey i came in the guard for school money and now it's like the thing where i'm like okay so now that you got the school money oh no you told me that there are scholarships that people don't even apply for like i'm trying to get my master's degree he's like so i'm going to use the guard for everything i can use it for which is which is good because you have those and then you have the ones that are like Oh, I know nothing about the guard. I just have an ID card. Right. And so then we have to try and educate them and let them know what all power that ID card holds. Right. And so space they travel, like he was able to take his kids down from the summer. They were able to go down to Disney World and they caught a space A flight. Well, not a lot of people know that there are right. flights that go to Florida all the time from up here. Right. There's you know? a lot of flights that go from up here to all <laughs> oh, sorts of places. Yeah, and then the discounts on the tickets alone. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, there's I mean, you're nothing over 50% better. Off on tickets. Yeah, and then we got a we got him a bonus, but 
you know, let's be honest. You Bonus know, is and always nice. It, they're nice, but they have to be paid out on time. And right. our system was down for a while. And so everybody's like, where's my bonus? Wally? I don't know. That's not my lane, but let me see what I can do to help. So, you know, I, I dedicate a lot of time to the job. And like I said, I'm happy with it. You know, I work right. with good people. Um, I just fulfill, uh, we just filled out the rest of our team. So, Along with uh, Specialist Tyler, we have Sarin Cortez, we have Specialist Miles, and Sarin First Class Richmond. And we all have our MSCs that we tackle, um, and we all have fun with it. Like, we were all over in the office saying how dead it was today because everybody's on leave. Yeah, but, it's the same in our office, too. Yeah, you know, but, you know, it's nice to have those weeks because most of the time we're go, 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 go. And um, we work hand-to-hand with the G1. Um Saren Paga is my go-to at the G1, so him and I crack jokes all the time, you know. And it just goes on and on. And so, like, when I go in the meeting, I got nicknames for everybody over there, you know. I even got a nickname for Colonel Blanco, but I probably shouldn't say it on the podcast, <laughs> so I'll keep it to myself. We're working with Colonel Blanco on, yeah, we're building on helping the— on Cascade Reception. On Cascade Reception. So we're Reception. building a new booklet that will go with Cascade Reception. So that, so that uh, members can walk out with some, some tactical— tactile information so i call colonel blanco the good idea fairy i think that that's a really good <laughs> idea though because idea, when actually. when i was first you know coming in even as a lieutenant you don't know anything yeah and i was an smp cadet so i really i but when i was went as an smp cadet i didn't know anything except for rotc and i went in to my unit after going to meps you know what i mean i didn't i didn't know anybody they looked at me like what is this kid what is the dot <laughs> doing in here and then you know somebody thankfully grabbed me and like pointed me in the right direction but you know not everybody's going to be like hey where do i go some people are just going to fade into the background and i feel like if you have that tactile information where you're like oh these are the the numbers i need to know these are some frequently asked questions which i think are going to be really helpful to to service members and to sort of understand how the guard works, which is complicated in itself. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, no, he's he's definitely the good idea fairy. You know, he'll sit there and he's so short. So like <laughs> when I'm walking by him, he's like, "What, Wadley?" And I'm like, "Nothing, sir." And like, I'm like, "What are you thinking about?" Because he's always got something brewing. Like, right. well, you know, I, you know, I I think Wadley, if we do this, and I'm like, "Oh, here he comes." It means that I'm gonna have more work to do, but. Now, he, he's one of the people um, that actually makes the job fun. Um, I got a chance to work with him and Colonel Beto out in the field. And if you guys ever get a chance, a person that I would love to hear on the podcast is Chief Orr. Chief Orr is so funny that it is absolutely, like, I can come in here and him and I could probably have a three-hour podcast. Like, <laughs> just talking about the military and – He's just funny, but he relates very well to uh, to soldiers, you know. And that was one of the things, like, we did a G1 East Productions while we were out, you know, in the field. And so it was good. But um, retention right now, it's in a great place, you know. Um, I think we're in the top ten nationally right now. Um, we had a great month of uh, October I want to say we extended 96 people, Hmm. 95, 96 people we extended in the month of October. And currently, I think we're sitting at 147. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah, we're sitting at 147. So, 
uh, with retention, the wave goes up and down, you know, um, and a lot of the reason is, you know, just different things. You know, you have retirements, you have everything that happens, ISTs, you know, so just wanting to go to a different state, so just wanting to come in. So, you know, there's always all of those factors factor into retention, you know, at the unit level, at the MSC level, like right now we're dealing with a lot of people that want to leave the 81st because of the high out tempo and, you know, all of the training. But, you know, I tell them, you know, it's it's easy to want to go to a 96 or aviation or MI, but be careful what you ask for because it's not always greener on the other side. And then they get there and they're like, oh, sorry, Wiley, hurry up and get me back in the brigade. And I'm like, really? Like you scratched and clawed right. to get out of the 81st. Now you're knocking on the door to go back in. So, yeah. you know, that's that's one of the things. And then, you know, like for me personally, um, I came back in retention probably at the best time that I could come back in. Um, I was actually one of those soldiers being an AGR that I was looking at just finishing out my tour and saying, hey, thank you, and just becoming an M-Day soldier and going back out and surveying and, you know, doing the light rail or doing something in surveying. And uh, Lieutenant Colonel Durda actually was one of the people that convinced me to stay in. And I can say without a doubt, had it not been for her, I wouldn't be sitting here in this chair right now. Um, I was totally done and was burnt out and needed a fresh uh, lease on life. And she actually gave me that. And um, I'm forever thankful for that with her. Um, same way with Major Westman. That's just a fun group over at RRB that there's so many different personalities over there that I could probably mimic all of them. You know, <laughs> um, Major Westman's all about numbers. Yes. So anytime mm-hmm. he's talking, <laughs> it's like, hold on, let me get out my phone. And let's see what this looks like. And I'm like, that was a really good impression just now. (laughs) That was was so good. We talked to Westman all the time. Yeah, I think he's he's always one we're talking to. Yeah. (laughs) He's funny. Like, he he sent me a message like, hey, you're supposed to be at the PCRC at 2 o'clock. And I'm like, all right, I got it, sir. But, like, he did, like, the number, like, hey, and let me know when you're there. So I like Major (laughs) Westman. um, You know, um, and you got Sarah Major Leah, who just has a totally different personality. And I never know if he's joking or if he's serious because he never changes his expression. Yeah. And then when he's funny and you don't laugh at it, he's kind of like that guy that's like, hey, guys, I just made a joke. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. That's okay, true. got it. I got it. That's so yeah. true. Yeah, so he's funny. And then, um, like I said, I work with goofballs this one over here that's all quiet right now total goofball total goofball but she won't show you guys because she feels like okay we have to be professional all the time you you preach that sarn wildly and i'm like you did a good job yeah Yeah. so we'll we'll give her a professional question let's give her a professional yeah let's give her a professional question so so you're at the five-year mark now right when did you hit your six years six years will be september 17th of next year so you're in the retention window today. I already extended, sir. And you've already extended. I extended about a week after my So my what were your when you enlisted, what was the what was the reason that made you enlist the first time? To be honest, I had no idea. I just wanted to join just because I was a very easy enlistment. Um 
I just walked into the recruiter's office and I said, hey, I want to join. Well, that was easy. Yeah. I really, that's and like he a, was like, so the, he was in disbelief. So anticlimactic. Kind of so I've been, that, so my recruiter was, was now retired for Sergeant Trisha Ovechka when she was a young staff sergeant. And I was kind of that same way. I walked into a recruiting office and, and she's talked to me about that. She's like, it's kind of a unicorn in this industry where people just don't walk into a recruiting station and say, hey, I want to join, um, which is kind of a true statement. Yes. At the time, it was Staff Sergeant Terry Bufo. And now I believe he's uh, Sergeant First Class Terry Bufo. But I walked That's in and joke right I think now. I think he was confused because I walked in and I just I knew nothing about the guard. But I was like, hey, I want to join. So that's so, how. So then what made you extend? Yeah, so then why did you just What made me extend? Uh, well, what Sergeant, did you learn? Sergeant Wadley. Sergeant Wadley. No, he didn't make me stay. Um, I actually. I'm very convincing, by the way. I, I hear you're called the closer. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, I just you got the funny ones and you got the serious conversations going on. Uh, not long ago, about a year ago, um, is when I met Sergeant Wadley. Uh, I actually went kind of down a a different path in the guard, so I became disgruntled. I wanted to get out before I met Sergeant Wadley. I had no plans of staying in. And then when I met him, and then I got introduced to Arby for retention. It's a job that I like, and I love learning it, and I'm getting better at it. So I decided to make it a long-term job. So and then decided you, to extend. <laughs> do you handle the retention for the fifty six? Yes. So in in being that I've been in the fifty six for a while. And Joe now, always has to mention the fifty six in the podcast. Shout out to the fifty six. Shout out to the, 56. Right. Out to the five six right now. Um, <laughs> being that you're at the level where a lot of your peers are at, you know, five, six years down in, you've got an ability, I think to hear what their issues are and then kind of bring it from starting Wadley's level and say, Hey, here, here's some things you got to think about. So what are some of the things you're hearing and then doing over there to keep people in? Um, so for me, um, it's all about your yeah. experience. It's all about your experience. Just tell them, be honest, Just be honest. Yeah. yeah be honest. You want me to help you out? I'll, hey, I'll give you a lifeline, okay? I'll give you a 50 I'll cut 50. out the dead silence. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, hey, I'll we, give you a 50 50. We can cut out this right? dead silence while you think about it. So the 50 50 lifeline for you is what? One, either they hate their unit, which isn't the IO, or they don't qualify for a bonus, right? That's what we hear 90% of the time. I hate my unit, or I don't qualify for a bonus. So, what are the reasons that you don't qualify for a bonus? PT failure, they're flagged for whatever reason. Keep elaborating. You can keep going. <laughs> so this is not, so it's funny because I think that you think that you have to have the perfect answer. There is no perfect answer. No. There's so no like. Answer. This is a super subjective conversation. Yeah. So like for me, I hear it because I have. I get along great with the lower enlisted and I also get along great with the hires, higher ups. And <clears throat> the higher ups sometimes get mad at me and then they're like outside of work, they're like, Marquise, we really could have did without that soldier. But I'm like, he wanted to extend and if the commander's willing to sign that waiver, 
and the colonel's willing to sign that waiver, why not let a guy stand that wants to stand? Well, yeah, if someone really wants to be here, I always think you should give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, granted, you know, APFT and height, weight, and whatever else, you know, if you're not smoking crack or pot or, you know, trying to hurt harm somebody, you know, let a guy stay in. You know, um, we talk about it at the NGB conference that we have for retention. And I thought that our state was, like, horrible, which they, they ragged on Washington because we were kind of horrible. And then I'm listening to Texas. <laughs> I'm listening to Arizona. And lo and behold, California probably ain't got a leg to stand on with all the scandal that they have behind them. But it's the overall across the board, it's the same thing. And so we are only as good as the people that we train and that we have. And so if I have a guy that may not be a PT stud, but he's great at his job, I'll take that over somebody that doesn't know his job and is great at PT. Okay. Hey, you have that. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Seriously. If I have somebody who wants to be here and is good at their job. Yeah. So let me, let me, I'll take it. Let me give you a couple (laughs) instances here. And I think I've kind of told, I know I've told you this story, Sarah. And so, as a company commander, and this is always something that we as company commanders, you lose sight of a lot of the time because you have so many different priorities. And now having been out of company command for a while and moved into a battalion staff role, I see it more now, is there's so many priorities at that level. We lose focus on on taking care of soldiers mm-hmm. first. We, we go from soldier-centric to I need to focus on metrics. myself and metrics. But I'm forgetting oh, to take Lord, care of the Oh, Lord, don't soldier. get me started on metrics. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have had soldiers that are, there's no issues with them. Like personality-wise. Personality-wise, yeah. no attitude issues. They have goals. They just can't seem to cross the line in time on their PT test. They can't right. do enough push-ups or enough sit-ups. And you just, you got to find a way to challenge that soldier and say, hey, what is it you want here? What is it you're looking for here? Because maybe we can help you reach that goal or something. And a lot of time it is that retention piece. Like, hey, I still want to be here, Mm -hmm. but I I just can't because of my PT. Well, PT is not an issue. It's not. How do you train for a two mile run? Well, I run two miles. No, run three. Because guess what? Just run three miles. That's so, training you more for two. So let me ask you it's, this. It's, so it's those kind of things. Like in giving the soldiers opportunities to fail, learn, putting a mentor with them, and letting them grow as a soldier again. So being a former commander, is that really your job, though? No. No, it's not my job. It's right. the NCO's jobs to do it, but you have to give them back to what you guys have said, mentorship and sponsorship. But I, But as a commander lead by example make sure you're doing that same conversation with your ncos so if i have my platoon sergeants and my first sergeant and i'm having those conversations with them hopefully that in turn leads to them having those same conversations with their subordinates and having that be in within your leadership structure at least that positive reinforcement finding that internal motivation to reach those levels so now I'll give it to you from the E4 perspective that she want that she wouldn't give it to you. Okay, so I'm so I'm specialist Joe Snuff. I haven't passed a PT test in two years, right? right? Okay, I go to my platoon sergeant and I'm harped on and I'm counseled. 
you know, hey, you're not going to be looked at for promotion or that's because, you know, you're failing your PT test. So me being a specialist, I'm like, okay, what can I do to better myself? Okay. But then now I put back on Staff Sergeant Wadley's hat. What am I doing as a leader to make sure that that soldier has fun? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So people are like, well, it ain't always about fun, but it is. I can get, I can take soldiers that other sergeants say, hey, I can't even get through to this guy or gal, and I can turn around and they'll be passing PT and having fun. And I sometimes think that we don't take the time as NCOs and really evaluate the people that we have. What may work for Private Smith may not work for exactly. Private Williams. You yes. know, there's a there's a difference. But if I'm only connecting with Private Williams and I don't have that connection with Private Smith, then Private Smith is going to feel like, oh, I don't get inclusiveness. And so that's what, yeah, that's what ends up happening. And so then we end up having a disgruntled soldier who Mm -hmm. then falls into the E4 mafia. You got that chief E4 that's been in for like 15 years. And he's like, yeah, well, come on over here and let me tell you about my story on how the guard screwed me over. Well, Really, we don't need you to tell this guy this. We actually need you to be an advocate for us and say, hey, you know what? Maybe you should talk to your squad leader to to talk to him and say, hey, you know, I see that you're acknowledging Williams and him and I are doing the same thing. But I don't have I don't feel like I have the connection that you and Williams have. You always go out and go and get lunch with Williams and you guys leave me standing by myself. Or you guys ask me out of pity, like, hey, do you want to go with us to right. lunch? You know, that doesn't make a soldier feel good. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where I hear a lot of the complaints come from at the unit level is soldiers don't feel like they belong in the unit. So when you don't feel like you belong, you then become that soldier that starts to not care. And once you start not to care, this is just something that you do. You may not enjoy it, you know. There are times that you can be good at it and right. be great at it. And then there are times where you are just like, you know what, who cares? They're not going to care even if I right. do my job the right way. They're still not going to p- care. Williams is going to get all the credit. Mm-hmm. And so when I, you know, talk to soldiers, you know, I get to hear all of that, you mm-hmm. know. Soldiers sometimes come in the guard because they need that discipline or that, that stability. Sometimes they come in because they need that family Family. yes and we don't always provide acknowledge that that. and so it makes it hard when they have nowhere to turn to and they're looking like okay you guys are supposed to be my brothers but I feel like I'm the stepbrother Mm -hmm. in all of this or I'm the stepsister so I take a different approach when I come across soldiers like that I'm always kind of like laughing and joking and then I get down to the right you know the problem the source of the problem and it's like wow like we forget you know and as an nco yeah. i have forgotten which is weird because now i have these young soldiers up under me that right. remind me like hey sorry wiley you you can't do that or um sometime like when i'm joking tyler will tell me like hey sorry wiley like all right, you're crossing the line a little bit now. And it's not anything bad, but, like, for me, I'm mm-hmm. a jokester, so I, I want to laugh and joke all the time. Right. But then when they're trying to be serious, right. I'm still in my funny mode, and they're like, no, like, we're trying to go to work. You want to say something on that? 
Sorry, people. She's being like a mute robot right now, so she's not saying a whole lot. Just be yourself and just talk to us. I just agree with you. So, inclusiveness, like including everybody. Um. Yeah. So, in regards to that, I've been where my last unit. Um, I wasn't included in a lot of things, so I wanted to get out, and um, it, it sucked. Like it really sucked because in that unit, they also I I feel it that they um they picked favorites so Mm -hmm. if they like you then they're going to include you but if you're one of those soldiers who's struggling I feel like they're going to leave you in the dust and that happens to a lot of lower enlisted and I feel like that's part of the reason why a lot of the lower enlisted don't stay in or they choose to get out you guys are the KP mafia is what we call you KP KP mafia yep (laughs) (laughs) well that ties so when we talk to Chief Allman, when Jason and I talked to Chief Allman last year, um, she talked a lot about inclusiveness and about how important that was to her uh, because of these exact reasons for retention purposes, but also for everyone's um, mental and emotional health when they're within the guard family and feeling like a family. You said something, mental health, right? Mm-hmm. Why is it that we can't forgive and forget? Right. Meaning we'll, we will chastise a soldier for being wrong. Right. And never think like, hey, there can be a different outcome to that soldier if somebody just took yes. and mentored them a little differently. You know, right. um, I got Tyler and, you know, she didn't have a great track record, you know. And, you know, people are like, well, how can you help somebody like that? Well, why wouldn't I? I I mean... That's who you should be seeking out, I think, for sure. You know, like, okay, for whatever reason, okay, she made a mistake, okay? Doesn't mean that she's a horrible person, by no means. I think that means that she's human. Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I've I've made a ton of mistakes, and I'm going to continue to make them, you know? Exactly. And I'm not perfect, and I don't really care to be perfect. But what I do care about is that people are all looked at the same way, and... That ties directly into retention because when we look at everybody the same, I can't have a favorite. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have a favorite and I talk to everybody the same way, everybody should ideally have a good time and laugh with me. Then everybody's your favorite. Yeah, and everybody is my favorite. But I think that that also makes everybody feel heard, right? Yeah, but but we don't do that. A soldier gets in trouble. And the first thing is, is that soldier is just horrible and he he or she is a bad person. And that's not the case. We don't know what was going on in life. We don't, it's not for us to pass judgment. And we sometimes, we do that a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, and I feel like it should stop because I'm sorry. A lot of people might not know that Sarah Wadley was a hothead on active duty. So much so that I punched my squad leader in the face down the motor pole. Right. And I got Article 15 for it when I was on active duty. Now, did he deserve it? Uh, maybe, you know. Right. But I had a unit that respected me enough that they didn't say, hey, you know what, we're just going to just banish this soldier off right. and let him go off in the sunset. I got a good platoon sergeant, Sergeant Santiago. I could barely understand him, but he he was <laughs> like my – he ended up telling me like, Hey, okay, this is how we're going to overcome this. And he gave me 
he gave me steps that I need to follow to show right. improvement. And we don't do that. So soldiers then, that's another piece that ties into the retention. Hey, Soren, I messed up. I got a DUI and, well, nobody's really talked to me in the unit since then. I get it. It's a DUI. It's a big deal. You could have mm-hmm. hurt somebody. Luckily, you didn't. Um, but why isn't anybody in the unit talking to you? Well, right. I'm considered a bad person now. Well, no, that doesn't necessarily make you a bad person. That just says that you got to make some life changes. And, right. you know, but we don't do that. Yeah. So soldiers don't quit, don't care, and then they get out. That's our. That's another big problem that we have is that they do something wrong and then they can't. They feel as if though they can't come back from it, right? Because the unit hasn't allowed that forgiveness to They've come like in. That prejudice against them. Yeah. So so answer a question. Um, and this, if there are soldiers that are listening to this that are at that verge of getting out, um, you know, give them the honest truth. You get out of the guard or you get out of the military in general. It's harder to come back than it is to just take a break taking a break and then come back, that's harder than just staying. Uh, it is. Um, now going through MEPS, um, we see it and hear about it on a daily um, because we're part of S3. Um, the waivers that have to get sent up, you know, they are pretty much denying any and, and everything. quite a few people try to get back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the waiver process is hard to, you know, certain waivers are hard to get approved by. I would say, you know, if a soldier is thinking about, hey, I need a break, I know that commanders don't like to hear us talk about it or say it. The ING ING actually gives you a break. You know, you can go into the ING for up up to three years, but you have to come out annually and do a muster, do a PHA, conduct a PT test, and all of that stuff. But it gives you a it gives you a good year as far as pay-wise, but it's a non-good year as far as retirement-wise. But it gives you that break. It's kind of like a reset, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, soldiers that are going to school that need to go to school and, you know, be able to finish up that degree. You know, the ING is a resource that's there for them, but a lot of units don't like to bring it up or talk about it because then they think that every soldier is going to want to go in there. Um, right. It's totally up to the commander on who he lets go into the ING. But it is a it is a break. It is a reset. It is definitely um, that thing that I taught the soldiers out there getting to know them. You know, hey, I think the ING would be good for you um, to take a year off to kind of reset yourself and then come back in. And here's the thing, the cool thing about the ING. Say Sergeant Watley goes in, I sign up to go in the ING for a year. Mm-hmm. But I realized after five months that, hey, okay, I'm I'm good to go. I'm I'm recharged. I'm good. I can alert my unit and let them know that I want to come back on an active drilling status. Right. And then I come back out of the ING and I'm back on an active drilling status. I have to make up the time that I've done in the ING, so I will have to do an extension to make up for that lost time. Right. But then, you know, I'm back on the drilling status, I'm recharged, and I'm, I'm, I'm good to go for the unit. And sometimes we need that, you know, but soldiers sometimes react so quickly thinking the easiest way is, hey, I'll get out and come back in to get what I want. Um, Sergeant Major Eckstone was in our office this morning, and he said, you know, if you guys run into any soldier that's dead set on getting out because they can't get something, to give him a call. And I'm appreciative of that from him because – We've saved quite a few people over the last couple of months just by having his number and, right. you know, um, 
the benefits that we have in the guard and the resources that we have in the guard make it where we're able to kind of do a lot of things. You know, um, one of the things if a soldier is doing a home station drill and lives 50 miles outside of the home station drill, a lot of soldiers don't know, like, hey, you, if there's money available, we can provide lodging for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Sergeant Yancey, like, I went through a brief that she gave and she bought that up and I was like, wow, I, I had no clue. I had an idea, but I didn't know, like, how it worked because you mm-hmm. hear so many different ways to go about it, you know, and um, a lot of soldiers. Y'all call that lodging in kind? That's um, what we call it. Safety lodging. Or okay. Yeah. Don't they cover gas mileage, too? Um, That's only for AT, AT. If you're driving to AT and back okay. from AT. So okay. um, they do do that. And um, so talking to Sergeant Yancey uh, over at the 898 was was actually very enlightening to me, you know, and um, with the lodging piece and a lot of soldiers, you know, units just have to get educated on it. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of our issue is that we don't have a lot of the education to be able to provide for the soldiers when asking those questions. So then we defer to, I'll get back to you, which means nine times out of 10, we're not going to get back to them. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I don't think I have any more questions. Do you want to share any stories? Yeah, is there anything <laughs> that you guys really want to make sure keeping you get it, out keeping there? Keeping it sort of user-friendly for the listeners? Yeah. Um, there's always a story. I'm sure. Uh, I looked at I looked at the Reddit uh, for, like, why people get out of the guard mm-hmm. before this. And, uh, like, we had everything, right? They, they, um, they have too many mutas or their AT is too long and over time it takes up too much time or uh, bad leadership, non-inclusive leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was the third one? I told you, right? There was one more thing, but it was a lot of like the op tempo mm-hmm. was like the number one killer. <laughs> is that the same here? Cause I'm sure that that's just like in general. Yeah, it, it's the same way here. Yeah. Uh, um, we talked in, we, when we were at the NGB conference in, um, where do we go? Indiana. Uh, all the states talked about. Beautiful Indiana. Beautiful Indiana. Um, I'll have to tell you about a story offline about a person that we met in Indiana that would absolutely crack you guys up, but I don't think I can talk about <laughs> it on there. Um, we talked about the advertisement. Like, we right. can't advertise two days a month anymore. Well, and you know they had that big thing. I think it was Army Times or Military Times who, like, exposed that that's, like, the company line that the reserve component has been putting out for years is the, the one week in a month, two weeks a year. Yeah. And, like... Yeah, and I think right after, that must have been right after that. A lot of the people were like, we can't say that anymore. Yeah, no, we definitely can't (laughs) say that. Um, But it was was a good conference. I learned a lot from everybody that was there. Um, It was fun, but a great story. Oh, man, I got so many. We hear everything. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure you hear so (laughs) many things. I'm, I'm trying to think about the guy that was out for A.T., the one that put the snake in his pocket oh well yeah we had him too yeah we had a soldier that got 
He got bit by the snake, right? Yeah, he put, he was out at 18. He thought it was a great idea to catch a baby rattlesnake. Neat. Put it right in his pocket. And then get bit by the baby rattlesnake, which is more potent than an adult (laughs) rattlesnake. (laughs) (laughs) At Uh, least he had it in his pocket so they could take it to the hospital. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> there, there was, there was a lot of things that AT that was funny. Um, that was, that was one, um, were you guys at XTTC? Did yes. You, okay. Did you tell me somebody re-enlisted just for a bowl of ice cream? That's it. Oh man. They just wanted a bowl of ice cream. You know, I don't really blame them. If I was at AT, I think maybe. <laughs> Like, for a bowl of ice cream, cream. not a, like a bowl though. A bowl I probably want. I probably like a full gallon, right a full gallon of ice cream. That would do it. How about donuts? Because I don't. That's too sweet. So we <laughs> we we had soldiers that would come in mm-hmm. that probably had no intentions of extending at right. at at. Yeah. But because we had food there, I was and, able to get people and to. And they extend. had been eating. <laughs> yeah. MREs. Breakfast. MKTs. So they had they had Brenner for like three three oh, of the first yeah. four days that they were out there. And so the guy came in. He was like, yeah, hey, I'm just bringing. He was like, oh, my God, Sergeant Wiley, can I have that donut? And I'm like, are you in your window? He was like, yeah, but I'm not ready to talk about it yet. I was like, well, I can't get you a donut unless I sit, unless you sit down and talk to me. And so we, we're sitting there, and he's an E6. Amazing. He's an E6, and we're laughing and joking, you know, and I'm not really pressing the issue. And I got Massar and Moss there with me, and we're all kind of laughing and joking. I'm like, so, you know, how many years you got left? And he was like, oh, you know, um, I think I got like seven or eight. And I was like, man, you know, I was like, well, let me look you up in the system real quick. You know, let me see if we can get you some money. And we're sitting there. He's like, so you never answered if I could have a donut. I was like, well, hold on. I got to look you up in the system first. And so we're sitting there and we're laughing and joking. I was like, hey, you know, you can get a bonus. And he was like, I can get a bonus. I was like, I'll do you one better. I'll give you the donut you want out of the box. And a bonus. And a bonus if you extend right now. <laughs> Ten minutes later, I got Colonel Beto extending the guy. Amazing. Chief Four is doing a uh, video for us. He, he gets a donut, goes back out to the field, and then I get the text message on my phone. <laughs> Sorry, Wiley, I hate you. Like, Sorry. So yeah, like you got we, that, we you get got that bonus stories. and a donut. So. Yeah, we we get we get funny stories like those. Uh, the best stories for me are the heartfelt stories, like guys come in and or women come in and. They never knew what family life was. Right. So then they're able to relate to the military. And the military, like, saved them from, like, a, a bad place. Um, and and those are the best because, like, they give you no hard time, but yeah. they will tell you their whole life story. And for the record, for anybody that's out there, I will listen to your whole life story. Know that I may have to go and get some coffee or water or something, you know, but I am listening to your life story. And those are the people that makes make the job fun for me. For my younger individuals that work for me on the studies, they all like the funny, brash people. I like to get the people that actually have a story on why they came in and why they stay. Um, you know, we had a guy that had he had to lose 86 pounds mm-hmm. in order to not have a uh, height weight uh, tape or anything in the past his PT test. He lost over a hundred pounds. 
And he's wow. currently on ADOS right now. Wow. Yeah. So, like, those are, like, the feel-good stories. Mm-hmm. But he had that one leader that didn't really care about him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, I got into the gym. And he was like, I started, you know, in the gym slow. And then I started eating right. And then the next thing you know, like, the weight just kept coming off. And now he's down 100 pounds. And, you know, he's on ADOS. And you know, he's just a good guy. And now he's looking at AGR where he was that guy that was done. Right. Like he was done with the military and to sit there and talk to him doing AT just kind of enlightened me that, you know, we do have those stories. And so they do work out. And, you know, I tell anybody that's listening to this podcast, it's not the guard that makes you hate the guard. It's the people that you work for or work around that make you second guess if the guards for you. Right. And don't let those people be the people that influence you or make that decision for you to get out. Actually think about other ways of bettering yourself or getting in a better situation for yourself to finish out your career. If you can give an organization, we have guys that always talk about getting out at like 12 or 13 years. Mm hmm. You're going to have to start all the way back over. If I've given somebody 12 or 13 years of my life, you better believe if I got to scratch and crawl to give them seven more, I'm going to give them that seven Mm -hmm. more so I can have that retirement at the end. And every little bit helps, you know, but then, you know, I hear, oh, hey, I can make so much money on the outside. You can. But wouldn't it be nice if, you know, this can go towards that Corvette that you may have wanted, you know, or, you know, as you get older, you know, everybody talks about how the medical isn't that great. Mm-hmm. I've been out on a uh, private sector and, and I know what it is. And, you know, when you're paying 900 bucks a month for a family of right. four, mm-hmm. it, it adds up yeah, quick, you the, know. The uh, reserve select, is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, it, it's so good. You know, and, and, they, and I get the frustrations with TRICARE and, and everything, but for what it is, and what you're putting into it, it's worth it in the end. You know, I was paying nine eighty for me, my wife, my son, and my daughter. You know, working as a union surveyor, and I tell you what, it, it's nice not having that. You know, right. it's totally nice not having that. So, um, but you know, I I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy retention. I love my team that I have. Um, I wouldn't trade them for anything. I know I make a lot of people mad, but I love all the S1s that I make mad all the time. (laughs) Um, And the units are really, really good. Um, 898 is my my family. Uh, Before I did retention, I was an engineer. Um, Colonel Barrow, who I knew on active duty, uh, we called him Scuba Steve because (laughs) he was the first lieutenant I ever met that had like a scuba patch over his thing oh, and I yeah. was like who, who is this guy <laughs> and you know on active duty we're like whatever you know but it was definitely school with Steve for us and so now when I see him um him and Sergeant Major Wickle are they're great and their battalion is amazing um like I said I work in the 81st and I know a lot of people in the 81st and it, you know people talk about 81st being bad 81st is a great place to be mm-hmm. you just got to have an open mind to it i know the op tempo is really high right now but once they come back from deployment i think that'll change a little bit yeah so if you got folks out there that are interested how do they get a hold of you guys about retention so many ways so many ways um email 
Um, of course, you can reach reach me by email or reach my team by email. Um, should I give out my email address over? Uh, we can put it in the show notes. Okay. And um, then you guys will put your phone yeah, number, the yep, office well, phone number yep. in there as well. Some kind of way they got my personal number. And and we will put that. Our, yeah. RRB has a Facebook page. They do. Yeah. So we'll put that there too. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't care that they have my personal number. I just like to have a life sometime outside of work. No, we'll just put your office number. Okay. On that's great. Uh, we're located in uh, Building 33. Um, myself, uh, Specialist Tyler, um, Specialist Miles, and Soren Cortez. Specialist Tyler will eventually have a couple days uh, a week over in the IO building as well as Specialist Miles being in the aviation building. But currently we're in building 33 okay. on Camp Murray right across from the gym floor. So I can go in and lift weights okay. when I'm supposed to be working. Yep. Perfect. Um, that happens. And uh, yeah, you got anything you want to say over there, quiet one? No, I, I have nothing. <laughs> you said it all, Sir Wadley. Oh, God. Well, I know I know. we appreciate it. It's a, yeah. it's a tricky subject. Trust me, retention uh, when you read about it's it, and you hear about it, it's fascinating because everybody has a solution. I know, but I think it's um, the best. W- the honesty is the best policy when yeah. it comes to retention. So. I 100% agree with that. And a, and a lot yeah. of it, what you kind of said, it all kind of resorts back to building trust. Yeah. Between the, the individual that's in the guard and, exactly. and the guard again. It, they, they trusted themselves to join the first time and they have to have that trust again to continue. So One of the myths out there is that we can give them fifty thousand dollars. I'm sorry, I can't give anybody fifty thousand oh, dollars. No. Yeah, I know. Bomber, you know, they're like, sorry, Wally. I know that there's a bonus out there for fifty thousand. I'm like, mm, not in the guard. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think that that's only. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right.